welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Hallelujah, Lord, you're worthy. We believe in you tonight. You are a life changer. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody, tell them you're glad they're in the house of the Lord this evening. Praise God. Amen. I just want to say, I've said it many times before, but just from this perspective tonight, thank you for your prayers and uh, your care. And uh, uh, we felt them. God listened to them, and He ministered in many different ways. Uh, two weeks ago, something unexpected came, and uh, I was scheduled to preach that Sunday, the A.M. and the P.M. service. And uh, Saturday night, this uh, attack kind of uh, said, no, you're not going to preach tomorrow. We're going to take care of an issue, and, and then we'll go from there. Praise God. And uh, you know the Lord works in mysterious ways. He's wonders to perform. And so I always say God knows everything, and you just don't know health-wise what is going on so I've never really had health issues thank the Lord for that but uh, uh, you know you got to take care of the things you got to take care of and uh, God's been good about that praise God so thank you for your prayers we appreciate that very much pray for all those that are sick in body Uh, and uh, went to see sister friend yesterday they're trying to get her on her feet and we'll just pray for her that God will continue to touch her. My wife is not here tonight. She has went over to be with her dad and mom for a little bit. His health is not doing well. Uh, so pray for them. Praise God. Hebrews, second chapter this evening. Amen. So I've already warned some people. I've got about 12 weeks worth of stuff here tonight. So... We're not going to try to preach at all, but I'm just, I was thinking about, Lord, where is the jump off point in this message? I have no idea. We're just going to have to do it and figure out, figure the rest of it out as we go. Amen. Praise God. I will just, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read the first three verses focusing on the first. Therefore we ought give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. 
how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Lord God, we thank you once again Amen. for your goodness, your mercy, your love and kindness that you have so graciously shown to us. Lord, we thank you for your touch. We thank you for the promise. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. And I pray, God, tonight, amen, for the next little bit, Lord, that you would touch our lips of clay to speak your word and nothing but your word, amen, that it might resonate in the hearts of people, amen, and they will receive it with gladness. And everybody say in Jesus' name. One more time, would you just clap your hands as you put your Bibles down and get ready to be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Billy Norris writes of a tragic event that resulted because of drifting. Two young men were fishing above a low dam on a river near near their hometown. And as they were concentrating on catching fish, they were unaware that they had drifted until they were not far from the water that was flowing over the dam. When they realized their situation, the current near the dam had become so powerful that they could not keep their boat from going over. Below the dam, the water was dashing with strong force over great boulders and through crevices in the rocks. Caught by the swirling waters under the rocks, they never came to the surface. After days of relentless searching, the divers finally found one body and then two or three days later, later the other. Sad story, tragic event, but it could have been prevented if they were just paying attention. You see, the danger of drifting is not limited to just the physical realm that we live in, but I'm aware of this because I remember when I was just a young person and we took a trip and We ended up in California. My dad got a bright idea that we were going to rent a little raft. I call it a pool raft. It wasn't the plastic stuff. It was hardcore vinyl kind of stuff that would hold the air. And so we we got on this in the ocean. And uh, we just kind of laid on it, you know, when he was here and I was here and we're just laying on that, and uh, uh, I've got my jeans on and a t-shirt and him, and we're just uh, Pentecostals out there in the ocean. And as we were not paying attention, because the water was just kind of, you know, lulling you, and you were just kind of floating out there, and the next thing we know is that when we looked up, everybody looked about like that. That time he's like, okay, we better start kicking our legs. <clears throat> and it took a while for us to get back into shore because the current had pulled us away from the shore. We were nonchalant. We weren't paying attention. We didn't mean to get that far out. But that's what happens when you lose the sense of where you are and what's going on around you. And here in Hebrews 2.1, we find this warning against drift. In fact, the Bible says uh, simply, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. The translation simply says, lest we drift away. 
Sadly, it's not uncommon for Christians to drift toward destruction. The question that I want to ask us tonight is simply, are we aware of where we are? Or are we losing that sense and being caught up by the scenery around us, not aware of the drifting that is taking place in our own personal lives? People do not backslide overnight. It's a process. It takes time. It means they've been drifting for a while and they're not paying attention to the danger that they are in. So the question, are you drifting away? Would you know it if you were? Would you be aware of it if you were? Now, I... I, I, I understand this is my first, ba- first time back for a while, but yet something has been gravitating me toward that place to where, above all else, we must be saved. We don't know what day or hour it's going to be when the Lord comes for us, but we do know that we must be ready. We must be prepared for in that hour which we think not, the Lord could come. So tonight I hope, I hope somehow, amen, for the next little while that, 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 that we can stimulate, uh, amen, uh, a careful introspection of our own personal lives regarding the danger that we are in in this world <clears throat> and the danger of drifting away from the Lord Jesus Christ, the only one that can save us. What, 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 what should we know about drifting? Well, when you talk about drifting, if you've ever been in a river, if you've ever been fishing, if you've ever been on a raft or anything of that nature, you understand that drifting, drifting requires no effort. Just sit there and you will move. You will follow along with the current the way it is taking you. It requires, again, no effort. That's the problem with us today. You say, why, why do we have that kind of problem, Pastor? Well, it's because we get ourselves into a situation where we feel like we're okay. It's comfortable. It's sunny. It's nice. We're just here, just like those two young men. But yet they didn't realize that you're going to go so far and then you're not going to be able to get out of that circumstance. Sad. But drifting requires no effort. All you have to do is just shut your engine off. All you got to do is set the oar down. Don't set your anchor. If you're a fisherman, if you've ever been out before, I'm not a great fisherman, but I've been out with guys that were great fishermen, and I, I understood that some of the currents we were at, they would cast the anchor. Why? To keep us stable so the boat wouldn't flow away. They felt like that's where the fish were. Some of the guys have those things, those, those whatever you call them in the back now, and they just shut them down. Why? To set the boat. To set it in a place to where you're going to stay where you are at. Amen. But it doesn't take any effort. Just stop doing the oaring or the engine or the motor, and you will find yourself drifting effortlessly. doesn't make no difference how big the boat is or how small the boat. The current is going to take you. Amen. 
And here in, her, in, in Hebrews 2.1, we see, we see that it simply says, it simply says, we must give the more earnest heed. Oh, does it matter, Pastor? Well, when you read in the book of Hebrews, you're going to find real quick that it contains five warning passages throughout Hebrews. And these passages contain much exhortation, but it also has some explicit warnings. If I might say danger signs. Danger signs. Some people don't care if it says yield. I've done it too. When the, sign, when the light goes yellow, I hit the gas. Now I watch. I pay attention, but I've also seen those <clears throat> that hit the gas when it turns red. I see the stop sign. Who stops at a stop sign? I've had that conversation before. The stop sign is red. It has big letters that says S-T-O-P, stop. It doesn't say roll through the stop sign. It doesn't say slow down and look and go through the stop sign. The stop sign means exactly that. Stop. In this world that we live in today, <clears throat> Hebrews here, five explicit warnings. Uh, it tells us it's got the, fly, the, the light uh, of the sign that's flashing. Stop, 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 stop. <clears throat> but so many times we just kind of go with the flow. We yield to the current instead of fighting it. Is this okay tonight? It's an unconscious process. Kick back, take it easy. Open your nice cold can of Pepsi. Some popcorn. Talk a little bit. Before long. Why, why do you think it is that when you go watch these, uh, uh, to these uh, uh, the, uh, uh, little Miami or wherever and they've got canoes and why, why is it that they always take the canoe upstream? Let you out up there and yeah, you think you're doing something by, but mostly you're just kind of meandering back down to where you rented the canoe from. Because not too many people would probably go canoeing if you started at that point and had to all the way up and then float all the way back down. No, they want your business. So they want you to have fun. So we can't let you work too hard. Let's just take you upstream and let the current bring you back. Doesn't take a lot of focus. Do you know it's possible to be adrift and you're unaware of it? Once again, in that boat. So it's undercurrents that you don't see that are often unnoticeable on top of the water. That just take you away without you even realizing it. I promise you, try it sometime. It's the same in the spiritual realm. Many individual children of God have slowly drifted away 
Many churches, uh, sadly to say, have gradually drifted into error only one day to find themselves far removed from the Scripture. We never drift upstream, right? We never drift against the tide. It takes work to do that. Turn to your neighbor and say, work. Let me tell you something. Amen. Faithfulness to the things of God, faithfulness to the Lord, faithfulness to His Word, faithful to the kingdom of God. Amen. Faithfulness in that, in that respect is like oaring upstream. It takes work. You, you have to constantly work at it. In fact, in 2 Peter 1.5, he talks about adding to your faith. Let's look at that tonight. I might be getting ahead of myself, but let's, let's look at it. 8, eight uh, one, verse 5, what's he say? Talking about growing in grace. He said, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, what? Everybody shout virtue. virtue. Amen. Amen. For that very reason, virtue. And to your virtue, knowledge. And to the knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things are in you or are yours and abound, they make you uh, that ye shall neither be barren. That, that translation is useless. If these abound in you, you will not be useless <clears throat> of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? They're blind. They cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged. Or he was cleansed from his old sins. Rather, he says, wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Ye shall never stumble. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. Is that important, Pastor? Yes, it is. You must grow. You must grow. Follow me tonight. This is, go- this is going to be probably a, 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 a treaching session. Uh, amen. But 2 Peter 3.18. Uh, amen. No, no, notice what it says in 3.18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. In other words, there must be a continual growth. Because the moment you stop growing, you start going backwards and you start going downward. <clears throat> what about it? Because chapter 3, it's talking about looking and living in the hope of the coming of the Lord. I wanted to read all of this. Ah, we're going to. Chapter 3, verse 1. I, I, I'm not going to get done tonight, but we'll just go, chap, we'll go we'll, we're just going to do it. The, this, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing the first, that there shall come a day in the last days, scoffers, they're mockers, walking after their own lust, or walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? Too many of us are sitting around right now, and that's the question that we're contemplating. Where is His coming? Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things 
continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, or they forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that, that, that then was being overflowed with water perished but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. In other words, there's a day, there's a day that's coming, a day of destruction. Amen. It's waiting on them. It's, it's right around the corner. <clears throat> but he said, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word. Not willing that any should perish. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, the Lord doesn't want you to be lost. The Lord don't want you to drift over the dam. The Lord doesn't want you to be a helpless out there in the middle of, of, of the water somewhere with no way to get back. No. He said, I'm not willing, uh, amen, that you should be lost, but that you should come to repentance. Why? Because the day of the Lord will come as a thief or a robber in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat in the earth. Also the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation, conduct, and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, everybody say me, we according to his promise, <clears throat> look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him peace without spot and blameless. And account or consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto men, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned or untaught and unstable rest or twist as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, verse 17, beloved, seeing ye know these things, be before, uh, before beware lest ye also be led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. And then verse 18 comes in and says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. You see, the moment you stop growing, you start going backwards. Amen. You see, the speed, the speed of that current, you don't feel it. Because the speed of that current increases as it goes downstream. I don't understand people. I don't understand why people will challenge the current of the Niagara River and the Niagara Falls, but you read about it every now and then where people will go up and try to swim across it 
or people will try to take a barrel or something and try to be able to survive, amen, going over the, uh, uh, the, the dam or the, the, the rocks and going crashing to below. I, I don't understand how people think that way. Some people evidently think that, that they are, are Superman or something and, and that their body can take that. But, but, but I'm here to tell you tonight that there are some things your body can't take. Amen. So the danger increases with the speed of the drift. Hear me tonight. When we can hear the noise of the waterfall, it's too late. When you see the mist coming up, it's too late. When we lose sight of land, it is more difficult to discern that we are drifting. That's why they put the little red flags up or the yellow flags at the beaches because they want you to know when there's a riptide. Why? Because you may not see it here, but underneath the underneath toe, you get caught in it. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to drown. Here in this world, let me tell you something right now today. You may think you, may think you can handle the world and everything is going to be okay. The problem is, once the world gets a hold of you, it will take you down. You may think it's not too bad, or you don't have to be too concerned, but I'm here to tell you that, that if it gets a hold of you, God help us. We can't survive it. Why is it important? Why is the engine on a ship important? Why, why is it important that, it's, that it can steer and, and have the thrust of those engines? Why? Because if it's just drifting, it's a hazard to every other vessel that's out there on the water. Now let me get personal tonight. Parents, <clears throat> hear me. If you are just drifting, you will soon lose those golden opportunities to teach your children. Train up a child in the way that it should go. So when it gets older, it's going to have something there to realize I'm drifting too far. I need to get back. What's the other scripture? Paul says in Ephesians 4 that many are tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. What happens? It ends up in shipwreck. A boat adrift will crash on the rocks. Well, we got a story about that, right? But thank God the angel came to Paul and said, Look, you guys just stay in the boat and everything's going to be fine. You're going to suffer loss, but you're not going to suffer the loss of life if they stay on the boat. Right? And we understood that when that ship hit the rocks and broke asunder, it stuck, it broke apart, but yet... God stayed true to his word. No matter how bad it gets, we know that God's with us. If you stay true to him, because it's important. I don't know if you've done it before, but, but uh, 
uh, I've been in kayaks. In fact, I got nine, or not kayaks, I've been in kayaks and canoes, but we had a trip here at the church one time, and it cost me nine stitches. Some of you probably remember that. Yeah. Amen. I haven't been back like that since. Because for those who drift spiritually through their own neglect, there, there shall be, as Hebrews said, no escape from a just punishment. None. Everybody say none. Tony, your neighbor said none. Amen. Is this okay tonight on a Sunday night? You see, the danger of drifting, it's not, it's, it's, it's not just a figment of your imagination. It's real. Amen. Because if it wasn't real, there would be no need to warn against it. Right? But I stand here tonight trying to let us see the reality of drifting <clears throat> in the spiritual sense. We don't have that much time left before the Lord is going to come for His church. And we're facing calamity. We're facing destruction. We, we've got people trying to, to, to answer the questions and trying to get us on the right track. But, but they're asking for peace and they're crying for peace. But, 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 but somehow peace is always uh, uh, out. Uh, 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 they can't get a hold of it. They might feel it at their fingertips, but something else happens. Drifting. What are the common signs of drifting? If you allow me tonight, I would like to just uh, go over a few of them. The one is like a blaring sound and light that's just flickering and going off. What happens? The diminishing desire to study the Word of God. I won't ask you to raise your hand tonight, but let me ask you this. Have you even read the Bible this week at all? Have you even listened to the audible, the audio version of the Bible? Because the reality is this, if we're not studying the Word of God, and if we're not praying, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Don't look at me that way. Some of you are like, oh, please, go back and be sick again. Get off your, you know, let your leg hurt a little bit more. These are things that I've been thinking about. Starting with my own personal life. Is it important to us? Does the Word of God, it is my nourishment. It's my hope. That is what keeps me grounded. That is what keeps me anchored. This is my anchor. When the storms of life are blowing and the winds are blistering, it's the Word of God that keeps me in place and keeps me grounded. It's the Word of God. So you can't ignore the Word of God if you're not reading the Word of God. May I submit to you, you're drifting. 
If prayer doesn't mean anything, you know what the staggering, the, the, the astounding thing is in our day and time, folks, is people will tell you out front, they'll say, I don't really pray. My answer to that is you're drifting. If you don't pray, you're drifting. If there's no communication between you and God, you're drifting. If there's no feasting on the Word of God, you're drifting. Why? Because the enemy can come with you with anything and you'll just gobble it down, hook, lie, and sinker, and you'll whoop, that, 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 no, no, no. If it is not the Word of God, if it's, a, if it's some kind of version of something that, that, that is uh, not telling the whole truth, you're drifting. You want God, you want the Word of God because that's what's going to hold you uh, when the enemy comes against you. Psalmist said it well, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, right? It's a word of God. No word, you're drifting. No prayer, you're drifting. You see, the word of God is a unique book. It's a source of information not found anywhere else. You can't go to books a million. You can't go to half-price books. You can't go to all these different places and find anything like you'll find here in the Word of God. In fact, can I submit to you, if, if we could only have one book to have in our home and to carry around with us, I would submit, I would hope that you would pick the Word of God. I would hope the Word of God would be that number one book. But it's sad to say if we're not familiar with it, we'll pick other things. And we'll make them a priority. And then the Word of God just sits on the shelf somewhere. No meaning. Folks, let me say it again. Please excuse me. It's my first time back. But if all we do is come to church and we feel like that's going to save us, we missed it. Because you can go to a devil's hell and sit on a church pew. Little, little hardcore. But that's how important this is. That's how important the Word of God is. That's how important prayer is. You're not going to find this anywhere else. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't trust everybody that tries to handle the Word of God. See, without... God's revelation how could we truly know our origin in the beginning God how could we know our purpose furthermore how could we how could we know what our destiny is if we did not read and did not have the word It tells us of sin, sin's dreadful consequences. It tells us how God saved us from sin. It lets us know that when we go down to water and grave in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, what's it say? It says, Paul said, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Right? 
How would I know that? If I didn't have the Word of God. Oh, pastor, that's not that important. Oh, you're drifting. Because that's what a drifter says. This ain't important. That's not important. Prayer's not important. How I live my life is really not important. God understands. You're drifting. You're drifting. Slowly but surely, you're getting away. Put it this way. When you come to church and you feel the presence of God, you say, why is it important, Pastor, that we come to the house of God and we praise and worship and really entertain the presence of the Lord and get into the presence of the Lord? I'll tell you why it's important. Because hopefully it shakes some people to realize, hey, you know what? I'm not feeling it like everybody else is feeling it. I, I, I may need to check the oil. I, I may need to look uh, under the hood a little bit and figure out Why is this? Why? It's because somehow in our daily life we're drifting and all of a sudden we're not feeling it like we used to feel it. Oh, bless God, I've been in church for 50 years. I don't care if you've been in church 65 years. You can still be lost. Why is that? Because anytime you lose a love for the Word of God and the things of God and communicating to God, you're drifting. Pastor, that's not fair. You don't know what I've been through. Well, I know I've been through a little bit here for a little bit. And I know I prayed and, and I know I talked to God and I, I really wanted God to heal my knee. And this thing just kind of got me and I just didn't know, you know, I've, I prayed, I've, I've tried to touch God, I've tried to think about God. And you know what? I always got back to that place, Brother Howard, where I come to the conclusion, Lord, whether to heal me or not, the main goal is our relationship and me making it to heaven. Don't judge your relationship on what God does, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. Those are all wonderful. They are important, but understand God's just showing us what He is capable of doing. In the process, you and I need to do the work. We need to do the work. We need to get the oars out. We need to go uh, uh, fight against the, the current. I don't, want us to, I don't want us to come to the world. I want to fight against the things of the world. Oh, everybody clap your hands and praise Him tonight. Word of God provides direction for us. It'll help me live a happy life. Everybody say praise the Lord. It'll help me live a useful life. Let's just go to Psalms. I'm getting all over the map here tonight. Psalm chapter 1. Let me read verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate. He ponders it. He talks to himself about it. Day and night. 
And notice verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He's talking about the righteous man. It's important because when one loses their desire to study the Word of God, let me say it again, you're drifting. When church is a chore, you're drifting. When prayer is a chore, you're drifting. Well, if I don't pray, bless God, the pastor, he's going to be stepping all over my toes. It's not the pastor. Because I don't know whether you're praying or not unless your actions show that. But where I came to the conclusion, I can put on a show. But our Lord Jesus Christ sees us, hears us, or may I say, doesn't hear us. He knows our life. He knows how we live. So when you lose that desire for God's word, you're going to lose your way. Let me ask you again, is this okay? Prayer? You say, why, is, why do we harp on prayer? It's communication. Prayer is a wonderful thing. It's a blessing, right? It is an avenue in which we can communicate with God. So when we say we're going to pray for somebody, don't leave them hanging. Pray for them. That's why I say to you tonight, thank you for praying for me. Because your prayers touch the throne of God. We could feel them. This world that's full of heartache and pain and shame and all these different things. Prayer makes a difference. The Word of God makes a difference. Jesus exemplified it. He was the example for us. He prayed often. In fact, Luke 18, he expressed concern that his disciples, that they would not grow weary to pray. Amen. Don't become weary. For you see, when a Christian prays less and less, we are drifting more and more. I'm halfway done. The next thing we got to watch out for is when we desire, when the, when the desire to be with your brothers and sisters of the Lord is not there anymore. Your desire to be around your worldly friends are more important than being around your church brothers and sisters. Man, I'm just all over the map tonight. This includes, folks, attending the house of God. What's the psalmist say? 122 In chapter 122 and 1, he said, I was glad when they said to me, 
let us go into the house of the Lord. And folks, if we no longer rejoice in the worship of God, worshiping of God and, and being in the presence of our brothers and our sisters and, uh, of like precious faith, we are drifting. That's what I'm worried about in this day and time that we're living. People are getting so caught up in everything else that church is now no longer. It, it doesn't really mean anything. It's second fiddle. It's, uh, it's if I have the time or, or well, I, you know, I'll go, you know, this time or that time, you know. Now, grant you, I understand that we work and we have things like that. That's fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we are busy doing other things and we just don't stop. We just feel like, well, I can go Sunday or I can go Wednesday or I can go folks do we want to be saved do we want to be ready and, and really honestly fellowship with God's people extends beyond just church Paul says Romans 14 that we need to be concerned with the edifying of one another Hebrews 3.13 says such edification should occur even on a daily basis. Why? Why is it so important? Because the right kind of friendship strengthens us while the wrong kind of friendship will lead us into sin. So when we consider and we prefer the companionship of the people of the world rather than our fellow brothers and sisters, we're drifting towards the rocks of spiritual destruction. Not to say that that's wrong. I'm just saying that we got to prioritize things. What about increasing, when we start getting this increasing thrill? over the things of this world. Man, we're quiet tonight. There's a lot of preaching that don't take place like this nowadays, folks. A lot of preaching nowadays just want to tickle your ear and just kind of give you a little uh, high five. Just glad you came. But I hate to see what eternity is going to look like. Look, I'm excited about kids getting honors or somebody getting an honor at their work or whatever. Those are all good things. I have no problem with it. But parents, if we get more excited about our kids getting honors classes or getting this or getting that or getting something else, and we do that more than getting excited about them coming to church and living for God, and prioritize. Folks, we need to get excited. We need to demonstrate when our kids pray and when they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
and when they do something in the kingdom of God. Man, we had kids that are quizzing, kids that are quizzing and quoting the scripture and, and all that. I mean, we, we should have been back slapping and, and high-fiving and uh, giving them $5 or whatever. We, we, we should have been doing something to let them know that what they are doing has greater value than what this world has to offer. We can go to a ball game and we can yell and scream, <whistles> whistle and yell. and We're so excited about, you know, this and that and everything else. But we don't show much emotion over spiritual matters. I told you I've been saving this up. The other ministries, they're, they're all saying, better you than me. <laughs> Within the passing of time, here, here's the important part. Within the passing of time, the entire family will soon drift beyond the point of no return. When you don't show importance in spiritual things for your kids, later on down the road, it's going to affect your whole family. Because everything was about the world and nothing was about the spirit. Parents, that's why we got to stay strong. Because if they kind of venture that way, it's imperative that you and I stay strong in the church and stay rooted. Paul says it this way in 2 Timothy 3, 4, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I better quit. If somebody comes and gets on the piano or something, I'll, I'll, I'll begin to put the brakes on. Why is it important? Let me slide on down here. Why? Why is it important? What, what do you need to do? Well, spiritually speaking, it's going to involve your diligence. Keep rowing. Don't set your oar down. One of the worst things you can do in a canoe or kayak is lose your oar. It also means to keep abounding in your Christian graces. Folks, there is no place in the kingdom of God for retirement. Yes, we have it in the natural world, but there is no place in the spiritual world for retirement. Woo. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. In living our life as a child of God, there is no retirement. So we got to keep paddling away against the current of this world. Got to watch out for the undercurrents because they'll carry you away. Folks, sometimes we lament, oh, pastor, it's tough. It's tough. Life is tough. They, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Well, you need to, we need to adopt the mindset and expect to go against 
the tie. Popularity, pressure, the praise of others, modernism, skepticism, humanism, secularism, you name it, whatever ism, denominationalism, false doctrines all over the place, liberalism, worldliness in the church. These are probably the greatest enemies of the church of our lifetime. We have to be careful. We got to watch out because sometimes we'll begin to neglect. We'll have indifference, we're apathy, lack of interest, lack of concern. But if we drift long enough and we feel like, well, there's so many people out here, they're going the same direction I am, that ought to be a red flag right there. Stand. I can't go no more. But here's the deal. We must have a strong anchor. Paul says in Colossians, we need to be rooted and grounded in Christ. He tells the Ephesians in chapter 4, our minds must be anchored to the truth. In Hebrews 6, he said, we got to possess an unshakable hope. Again, in Ephesians 3, he said, we got to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. So I say to you tonight again, question. Are we drifting? Well, why don't we reverse course tonight? And in the closing part of this service, why don't we find that oar? Why don't we make that decision? Talk to the Lord and say, Lord, can you help me? Because right now, we're in a place where He can help us. But there'll be a day when He can't. beyond that, that, that moment in time. So I open these altars tonight. Will you come? Find that pray, place to pray for a moment. Talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, help me. God, let me have a strong desire for your word. Let me have a strong desire for fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Let me have a strong desire to pray. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to be anchored in you only one that can keep me from going downstream. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Touch me, Lord. That's it. All over this place. All over this place. Reach out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord.